Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. My grandson, he's got a three and a half year course of chemo ahead of him. Ten different chemos he's going to get in the spine, in the IV. We're all worried about his future. He's not worried about his future. He just lives in the present. It's either a day he feels bad or a day he doesn't feel as bad. Sometimes he plays. That's the child's ability to live in the present, free from the anxieties about the future. That's what God wants for us. He says, really, that's what the emphasis was when the Lord Jesus said Matthew 6.25, Matthew 6.25, it's all about living in the present when he said, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life that what you shall eat or what you shall drink for your, or, or nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the body more than meat, the body more than raiment? Look at the fowls of the air. They sow not, they neither do they reap, they don't gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not better, much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubic to your stature, why take you thought for the raiment? He says, wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewith shall we be clothed. See, all these emphasis on the word shall is speaking about the future. It's worrying about the future. What's going to happen to me in the future? And our troubles, we have troubles that are new every morning. Every morning we have a new trouble. But you know what else is new every morning? What? God's mercies. See, Lamentations 3.22. Lamentations 3.22. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It's good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Our troubles, they're new every morning, but so are God's mercies. And they're what we should look at when the new trouble come is say, that's a new adventure. I wonder how God's going to help me through this trial. A new trial is a new opportunity to see a new mercy from God, and a new mercy from God is a new opportunity to praise him for that. The greatest mercies that came to Israel was when they were facing their greatest trials. I mean, just think of the parting of the Red Sea moments before they were going to be slaughtered by the Egyptian army. Now, another thing that children are very, uh, an attribute of children, is that they are aware when something is too great for them. You know, children, when the chair is too high, you know, they're not, well, some kids try to climb up to it. Most just say, no, that's too, I'm staying away from that. 
especially after they fall off at the first time. And, and, and that's what God wants to see in us, an awareness when something is too great, too much for us, and we back away. That's what David said, King David said in Psalm 131.1. Psalm 131.1, David said, Lord, my heart is not haughty, that'd be proud and arrogant, nor mine eyes lofty, neither do I exercise myself in, in, in great matters or in things too high for me. Surely as I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned from his mother, my soul is even as a weaned child. Okay, so that's what God wants to see in us. Children, are they're, they're, they're free from the anxiety of the future. They're open to, to and believing and trusting. And so God uses them. God uses little children. He says that in Matthew 21, 16. Matthew 21, 16 says, Jesus saith unto him, Yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou a perfected praise? You know what that verse means? That verse means that not only are we to teach children, we are to listen to children because God speaks through them. Because children have all these attributes, these great attributes, God loves them. And, and that's why the Lord gave children this great welcome in Mark ten fourteen when he says, suffer the little children to come unto me, forbid them not. That's a great welcome. It's extended to any adult who will become like a one to four-year-old and have those same attributes. So these parents in Mark ten thirteen they wanted the Lord to touch uh, their children or put his hands on them. And what does he do? Not just touch them. He takes them into his arms. I mean, what a scene of the great Messiah taking these little children into his arms. It's the same scene that we have of him in Isaiah 40, verse 11. Isaiah 40, verse 11 said, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. I mean, that's a great scene, the great Messiah taking children in his arms. Now, by contrast, the disciples, they protested, and they said, they looked at the little children and said, oh, no, dirty diapered, sniveling, unsophisticated. <laughs> they thought, these children are always in the way. They're disturbing us from our higher conversations with the Lord. We can't let this door open. There's just too many children in Israel. They'll just be bringing them left and right. We got to nip it all in the bud and say no. Now, that, that, that spirit, the Lord was very displeased with. He was very displeased with their attitude toward children because the attributes that children have are the attributes that the Lord wants to see in those who come to him. And that's the reason why he calls the Jewish people the children of Israel. And this is the first time we see it here in verse 21. And from this point on, the Jewish people will be called the children of Israel 647 times in the Bible. That sounds like a lot of times. Because the Lord wants the people to come to him with the attributes of a one to four-year-old, with an openness, with a believingness, with a trust, trustfulness, with a happiness, with a living in the present, with an aware of things that are too, too great for them. Okay. Now, we come to verse 21. Joseph now, he sends away his brothers, he says to them, and, and it says the children of Israel did so, and, and Joseph gave them wagons, according to the commandment of Pharaoh, gave them provision for the way. And to all of them, each man, he gave changes of raiment, 
And to Benjamin, he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. So Joseph gives them wagons for transport, just as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph gives them, give them what they need for during the trip. And then in verse 22, it's interesting. He, he, he talks about clothing. He says he changes the clothing, you know, verse 22. Well, what was that all about? I mean, was that like, you know, I got to tell you guys, you stink. <laughs> when was the last time you had a bath or washed those clothes? You look bad and smell bad. I mean, you think that was it? I mean, the point about giving these brothers change of clothing, it's emphasized here by the fact that he gives one to change of clothing to all the brothers, and he gives five changes to Benjamin along with 300 pieces of silver. Now, I don't know about Benjamin. Maybe it was because, uh, you know, it, it, it may have been that Joseph gave Benjamin all this much more because he was the only full brother. It may have also been that Joseph was kind of making amends to Benjamin because when you think about it, there was a particular hardness that, that Zathnath Paneach had been on Benjamin when he was demanding him to come down to Egypt and Benjamin was living under the stress. I wonder what he wants me for, you know. But anyway, coming back to the clothing, this was all about, maybe, we don't know, maybe this was all about you know, Egypt was famous for their linen, the Egyptian linen, still today. And, and it's famous. And perhaps Joseph wanted his father to see further proof that his brothers really were telling the truth because look how they're dressed in all this beautiful Egyptian linen clothing. I mean, he would imagine that his father may have a little trouble believing his, his sons. But, you know, and this, if that's the way it is, then this is in keeping with verse 23, where it says that Joseph sent them with all the good things of Egypt. But there's another possibility, and it's possible, I'm not sure. But anyways, from, it comes from the Hebrew word, for the word raiment, which is the word simla, simla. Now, no one knows the derivation of this word simla, but it's very similar to an, another Hebrew word called simcha, simcha, which, of course, you know what that means, right? Joy, joy, simka means joy. So it's possible that Joseph gave the brothers these clothes for kind of, as, as a celebration clothes, joyful clothes, which would have sent the message to Jacob that happy times are ahead. These are times of rejoicing. Okay, we don't know. Now, but in addition to the transport wagons and the provision for the way and the changes of clothing, Joseph now gives specific gifts to his father in verse 23. And to his father, he sent after this manner, 10 asses laden with the good things of Egypt, 10 she asses laden with corn and bread and meat, and for his father, by the way. I mean, when it says those first 10 asses that were loaded with the good things of Egypt, I mean, can't you imagine Joseph sitting down and deciding, oh, this is my chance to pick out the best things that are here in Egypt. I don't know. Maybe they had good chocolates there. I'm not sure. But anyway, that would have been good if it was Belgium. But so, so he's got these 10 donkeys that are loaded with these gifts. And it's kind of like when, whenever you get a gift for someone, they sort of sit down and you think, you know, wonder what he needs. I wonder what would make him happy, you know, kind of like Christmas gifts, you know. But, 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 but so there were these additional 10 donkeys and they, and, and they were loaded with these gifts. And then there were another 10 donkeys that were loaded with the corn and the bread and the meat. It says meat. I mean, Jacob were probably not eating meat in a long time. I can't imagine that. And the cattle, you know, they died off from the famine and the drought. So 
He was thinking, oh, my father's going to enjoy meat. So when we look at these, this scene here, I mean, we, we can't help but see what it's going to be like when we go to heaven and the Lord is going to send for us, like he's sending, Joseph sending the brothers with the transport wagons and so forth, and the time here. And this, this for Joseph in this time is, is what you would call precious. This is precious. He's sending all the, the comforts and the, and the gifts and everything. And that's the word that's used to describe when a believer dies, precious. It says in Psalm 116, 15. Psalm 116, 15 says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And so Joseph, he, he, he's sending these wagons, as Pharaoh had commanded, to carry his father to Joseph. Wagons to carry. That's a picture also of when a saint dies. That's a picture we have of the beggar, poor Lazarus, when he died in Luke 16, 22. Luke 16, 22, it says, it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Yeah. Now, now, okay. Now, now, Joseph now has prepared all the things that he's sending back to his father in verses 21 through 23. And Joseph now sees that he, he turns now to, to his brothers in verse 24. Verse 24, where he says, so he sent his brethren away and they departed and he said unto them, see that you fall not, by, not out by the way. So he's giving them their final send-off commission and the brothers are starting out on their mission for Joseph to bring their father to Egypt. They've been instructed on exactly what to say. They have the 20 donkeys there. I mean, I can just picture this, the 20 donkeys, they're all loaded up with gifts and they got the wagons to transport their, their father and their families, and they're just about ready for off they go. And we see Joseph there in this big send-off, and he's, he's going through his mind. He's trying to remember everything that, he, that he's got to do in the send-off here so he doesn't get to the after they're gone. Oh, I forgot, and it's too late. So that must have been quite a sight. I mean, there's, there's 20 donkeys all loaded up. There's the wagons. There's the brothers. They're all saddled up. They're ready to go home. And then Joseph remembers one very important thing and vital instructions. And so we can see him. Oh, see that you fall not out by the way. You know, he says, you know, now what's he thinking about Joseph? You know, got a lot of things, but to fall out by the way means that they would not fulfill their mission. It means that, 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 that now, now what in the world could possibly cause the brothers <laughs> to not fulfill their mission? I mean, that's an important question. That's an important question because we, we, we see ourselves, we should see ourselves like the brothers and Joseph as, uh, as the Lord Jesus. And just as Joseph sent his brothers on a mission and gave them everything they needed, we've been sent on a mission too. And we've been given everything we need to fulfill his mission which is Mark 16, 15, March 16, Mark 16, 15, where he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's our mission. Huh? You know, the, for the brothers, it was go into Canaan and bring back our father. For us, it's go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, one danger that threatened the, the mission, and Joseph must have thought about this. Joseph must have remembered. Boy, I can remember when Judah said to the said, said to the rest of my brothers in Genesis 37:26 Genesis 37:26 Judah said unto his brethren what profit is if is it if we slay our brother and conceal his brother come let us sell him to the Ishmaelites let not our hand be upon him as our brother and his brethren were content 
So Joseph heard Judah propose to sell Joseph for money. And Joseph knew that his brothers were content to do that. They did it. Well, these were now the same brothers. These are now the same brothers that Joseph has just put a lot of treasure into their trust. So Joseph might have thought, what if the brothers do the same thing they did to me? What if they do the same thing with these treasures that they did to me? What if Judah turns to them and says like before, he says to, says to the rest of the brothers, what profit for us if we give these treasures to our father? Come, let us sell all these Egyptian treasures. There are probably some Ishmaelites around here. They'll buy it. And what if again, it was like he heard before his brethren were content with another proposal to make money. I mean, maybe, maybe Joseph was thinking, you know, I think I should send a garrison of Egyptian soldiers with them. I think that, you know, I mean, just to make sure they stay on the straight and narrow. But, 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 but you know, and Joseph's thinking, this, no, no, no. Then they would know I don't trust them. So I'm just going to send them, you know, without the garrison of the, of the soldiers, I'm just going to send them with the garrison of my words, which are, see that you fall not out by the way. Now that's a picture for us of seeing what God has given to us and, 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 and saying, well, you know, in the danger of saying, well, why should I use this for God, what he's given to me to, to bring the gospel to every creature? I mean, I mean, God's given me some pretty nice treasure. Why don't I just use it all for myself? And, and that would be falling out by the way. And so Joseph's words would be like the Lord Jesus saying to us, verse 24, see that you fall not out by the way. Okay, that's one way they could have fell out, by the way. There's another way. There's another way. I mean, Joseph also heard ben, Reuben. He also heard Reuben argue with his brothers. He, they didn't know he was, he was hearing them, but he did overhear this in, in, in Genesis 42.22. In Genesis 42.22, it says, Reuben answered them saying, spake I not unto you, saying, do not sin against the child. You would not hear. Therefore, behold, also his blood is required. So Joseph can imagine, boy, I heard it once, I might, it might happen again. One brother would say to another, it was you that scolded the, uh, Joseph for his dreams. You were the one who scolded him. And he can imagine another bra- brother saying to another brother, you were the one who stripped him out of his coat. And another brother might be saying, you were the one who threw him into the pit. And Joseph knew if this happens, this will destroy their mission if they begin with this arguing and quarreling and bitterness and being offended and so forth, if they're going to fall, each one of them, into bitterness, and they're going to fall out by the way. So he tells them, see that you fall not out by the way. And that's the greatest reason today why believers fall out by the way. It's the bitterness. It's the harboring offense at others. It's the arguing. And, 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 why, and why shouldn't the brothers argue? Why shouldn't they argue? Well, first... Because Joseph had forgiven them of everything. And that fact put an obligation on the brothers to not be bitter, not argue, not bring up the past. You know, what, 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 they, had, what, what they would have done if they did that was to be constantly dredging up the past and going through the cycle of remembering and blaming and accusing and dragging everyone down. And that's what it does with us. This deadly cycle of remembering and blaming and accusing. And so we need the words of Joseph, our heavenly Joseph. See that you fall not out by the way. 
They they had an mission to accomplish. They had a high priority to do. There's all these distractions or the allurements of selling it or the distractions of arguing. It's just like, just like Nehemiah. Just like Nehemiah when he was building the wall. And Nehemiah said in Nehemiah, when he was, when the proposal came to him, oh, come down off the wall. Let's have a discussion down here in this valley. So funny, the valley is called, oh no. <laughs> oh no. And so it says in Nehemiah 6.3, Nehemiah 6.3, I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I said, leave it and come down to you? And this is the command the Lord has given to us. He says in, 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 in John 15, 17, John 15, 17, these things I command you that you love one another. And, and, and there's four reasons why we should love one another, why we shouldn't fall out, by the way, by quarreling with others. First, it's among Christians. First, what Abraham said to Lot, we be brethren. In Genesis 13, 8, Genesis 13, 8, Abraham said, to Lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. We should look at each other like that and say, we're brothers and sisters. We will not argue with each other. Second, second, what, uh, what, what, what the brothers said in, in, in Genesis 42, 21, they said one to another, we are verily guilty concerning our brother and that we saw the anguish of his soul, etc. So th- there shouldn't be arguing because we are verily guilty. We are guilty. We are sinners. And third, and third, we have been forgiven by God. And so because we've been forgiven by God, we should forgive others, as it says in Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. See, grace, it not only makes the sin as though it has never been there, but it throws it into the deepest sea. And Micah 7, 19 says that. And, and, it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it changes its color from scarlet to white as snow in Isaiah 1, 18. And the fourth way, we shouldn't, we shouldn't fall off because we are on our way. We should not argue with others because we are on our way to our heavenly Goshen and many people are watching us. I mean, look at all these things that are happening now in the news, this fall from the, uh, of all these uh, politicians for their misconduct. Everybody is watching. Everybody's watching us. It says that everybody is watching us also. It says we have a great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews that is watching us. And, and, and the Lord talked about this being watched in, in John 13, 35. John 13, 35. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love one to another. People are watching us. People are watching us. So for all these reasons, not being allured to, 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 to forget our mission by using the treasures on ourselves, not ignore our mission by becoming bitter and offended and argumentative, Joseph, he cries out to them, and the big send-off, see that you fall not out, by the way. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for... Your word this morning, Lord, we thank you so much for the words of, the, of uh, Joseph that you recorded to us, Lord, and we pray that we also would not fall out by the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Do you have fatigue or trouble getting out of bed or just getting through the day? Are you so tired you can't focus? Do you feel like your life is drained away? Do you have fibromyalgia headaches? I have good news for you. Our doctors at Scantibodies Imaging and Therapy can give you cellular ozone therapy. Why not get your energy back now by calling us at 1-888-529-9016 or visit us at treatmyfatigue.com. 